Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Welcome, everyone, to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. We are so happy you've joined us today. My name is Laura Forehand. I'm an advanced platinum certified whole brain teaching instructor, and I teach second grade in Missouri. I have the pleasure of working with the best podcast co-host ever, (laughs) and I'm just going to let her introduce herself. Well, thank you for that. I feel the same way. I'm Rhonda Earl. I'm an advanced platinum certified instructor as well. And I teach second grade in Goddard, Kansas. Yeah. So today we are all here today. Yes, we are very excited. Um, Today, we are very excited also to have executive board member Stephanie Meter on the podcast again. Stephanie has been on the podcast with us several times. So if you go back and listen to past episodes, she's on episode 11, where we discuss super improver team, specifically for elementary grades, um, probably K through five. Um, She was also on episode 14 to talk about whole brain teaching trading cards. And then again on episode 18 to discuss Alpha Hawk. So welcome back, Stephanie. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you. And we um, love having you as a regular. You have, you've got to have the the track record for sure of being on this (laughs) podcast the most. So that is a Huge honor. So we're, we're very excited to have you back to talk with us again today. So before we dive in today, can you tell us a little bit about how your school year went? How did like whole brain teaching strategies help you during this school year with COVID being such a huge factor? Great question. Well, I'm sure everybody knows it was such a weird year. So, I mean, I knew that having those full brain teaching strategies under my belt would definitely help me this year with COVID, mm-hmm. um, especially like three Pete, that was one of the big things. So like keeping our mask up. Mm-hmm. So one of the three Pete's that we would say was mask up, mask up, mask up, mask up. And it just became a fluent thing in our class. So once I said it, all the kids would just pull their mask up because, you know, kids would have their mask down under their nose, things like that. So definitely the three Pete and my most favorite thing that really helped me this year was a super improver wall. Yes. That was the main thing because we had, I had kids, I had 13 boys. Mm. <laughs> so that right there tells you that I kind of had a little bit of a rough year. I mean, I had some beloved rascals in my classroom. Mm-hmm. So the super improver wall was definitely the most favorite thing in my class this year. That's awesome. That's awesome. What a great idea to use that three Pete for the mask up. I had, <laughs> I didn't ever think of that. I didn't either. I wish I would have touched space. And the kids kids even started doing it to each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Well, we're excited to have you on this episode. I feel like we are the Midwest sisters representing Whole Brain Teaching. So we're glad that you are joining us today. And on this episode, we're beginning our series um, called Beloved Rascals. So before we jump into this week's strategy, when we think of the term beloved or beloved rascal, what does that mean? Beloved rascal to me means that they are difficult to engage for sure. And they blurt out on purpose and they're just, you know, they, they test your, the boundaries. They, they, they test you a lot. So that's what a beloved rascal to me is. Someone that just really is pushing the envelope with you <laughs> constantly. <Those> buttons. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think we can all think of, and you just even mentioned that you had some beloved rascals in your class this year. And we can all think of some beloved rascals. And I think especially with the social distancing and everything else that we went through this past year, we maybe even saw some extra rascally behavior right. in our classrooms. So it, I, I think we're, we can easily like pick out those kids that were beloved rascals. So we want to talk about whole brain teaching strategies that we can use to help us deal with those beloved rascals. And today's topic is flight school. And so what exactly is flight school? Flight school is one of my most well, besides super improvable, I love this strategy because it gets kids on target quickly. Okay. So flight school is a simple yet effective classroom management strategy to help kids um, embed target behaviors into their motor and visual parts of the brain. Okay. So they're practicing those rules. They're trying to improve on those rules. Okay. That's what it is. Interesting. Yeah. I had never thought about it being so, um, which it only makes sense if this is whole brain teaching that mm-hmm. that would be something that we want to embed in those parts of their brain. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Constantly yeah. practicing those rules, getting that rule inside their head that they need to follow those rules. And it's important to keep their dear team strong. Right. So how does flight school work? So what you'll do is you'll put a box at the top of your whiteboard or wherever in your classroom with a label on it that says flight school. Um, when your student, when you notice that some kids are not following directions, you will look away, but gesture towards them and say, oh, I have some friends over here. They're not following directions quickly. And you'll just put an X in the box for however many kids are not following directions quickly. And then um, at second recess or whatever recess that you choose, you will have those kids practice whatever rule that they are um, need to improve on for 15 seconds. And if the next day that they're still not improving, you add another 15 seconds to that practice. Um, and the more that they do it, they're going to notice like, hey, I don't want to be in flight school. I really want to improve on this rule. So that's the beauty of it, getting them to really focus on the rule that they improve on by using the gestures, saying it out loud for 15 seconds. Like I said, it really embeds in that more motor and visual cortex in their brain. Now, does it have to just be for rules? Like sometimes if a student wasn't doing like the gestures for my chunk of information, I had them practice that with me. Is yes. that okay? Definitely, definitely. You can just do a quick practice of having them do big gestures or whatever they need to improve on. It's not a scolding thing. It's an improvement thing Mm -hmm. because we're not scolding them on things they need to improve on, but just helping them grow. That's what we're doing. All right. Good to know. So what is the rationale behind flight school? Um, The rationale is basically having them practice, like I said, just improving, not scolding. 
you know, talking to them about, okay, friends, if you're not falling for us this quickly, we're not keeping our dear team strong. So let's practice that rule. Let's practice it in class. That's the rationale of it. Okay, good to know. Um, so should flight school be our first line of defense against our beloved rascals? I would say probably not. I think the first thing that I would do with my beloved rascals would be super improver wall. That would be the most important thing first. I did not really start flight school until the middle of the year because my kids already knew the rules. They knew what to do. And the flight school is a good toolbox to have in your back pocket when you know that some of your rascals are just not getting it. And they know. And the beauty of it is they don't know who's not improving. That X is in that box. They do not know. Mm -hmm. So they all just kind of perk up a little bit and like, okay, we need to all get together and make sure that we're following directions quickly. So no one is in flight school at recess because they want to play. You mentioned that you didn't do it until like later on. So any teachers listening out there? I mean, is it okay to start it at the beginning if they feel the need to, or is it better to use that tool a little bit later on? I suggest using it a little bit later on because if you okay. use it at the beginning of the year, it's just going to kind of fade out. Mm. That's just another tool that you can have to really engage your beloved rascals. And you had mentioned, I'm sorry, I just thought of another You're question. Fine. It's okay. <laughs> You're still going. <laughs> so you mentioned like 15 seconds at recess. If, uh, I mean, is that kind of your standard practice time? And what if, they keep having to see you at flight school. Do you increase that time? Yes. If I, if they keep having to see me at recess time, I do increase it. Um, I might pull in something else. If flight school's not working, maybe the bullseye game or um, which I'm sure you guys are going to talk about this on the podcast later, later date, something else, maybe it not be, might not work for that child. Maybe, you know, that's just not connecting with them. So I might just choose another whole range teaching strategy. That's, What's so awesome about whole brain teaching, there are so many different strategies that you can use for your kids. If one doesn't work, go to the next one. You're just not at a loss. So that's not supposed to like take their whole recess for this. No, absolutely not. So I have a really uh, fun story. Well, I don't know if it's fun, but (laughs) (laughs) I had a new student this year that um, came from a different school and he was one of my top beloved rascals. And he had to do flight school quite often, but you know what he told me? He said, Mrs. Meter, thank you for not taking my recess away. Yeah. He said at my old school, I would have to sit there and watch all my friends play. I said, oh, honey, no, I just want you to understand what you need to improve on. And then you can go play mm-hmm. and then we'll start a new day tomorrow. So that's something that really hit me this year. Like, wow, just that 15 second or 30 second, however long they need to improve on that rule. And then they can go play. Yeah. Kids need that exercise and they need to yeah. play. Taking away recess is yes. not going to be beneficial to your rascals at all. Well, and that was something that was taking place at my school prior to me coming there. So I'm, I'll be starting my fifth year at, at the school that I'm at currently at. And recess would be taken away or sitting on the wall or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And, and, it was like 15 minutes. And like you said, like taking 15 minutes versus 15 seconds, that's huge. And you're exactly right that those beloved rascals, they, they're the ones that need to be running around and need to get all the extra energy out. And when we take that away, we're actually just 
hurting ourselves, you know, as right. teachers, we're hurting our own classrooms. Yeah. Definitely. So I wanted to ask you a question though, because I teach at a very small rural school. And so when we did recess this year because of COVID, it was just our grade level. And I'm thinking recess will be done probably the same way next year as well. There are there will literally be 20 students in the combined second grade. So there's two second grade teachers. I am one between the both of us. There's only gonna be 20 students. Wow. So how do I make sure that students don't feel singled out or embarrassed if they are needing even 15 seconds of flight school practice at recess? So that's a great question. So we have five second grade and there's over a hundred. <laughs> so what I typically do is I might just pull them out in the hallway right before we go out to recess and just do it right then. Um, or, you know, we have like a little area where there's kind of hidden. I just say, Hey guys, let's go over here real quick and just do a real quick practice. And if kids ask like, what are they doing? I said, guess what? They're improving on something. That's a great way to put it. Instead of feeling them out, saying, they did not do well. It's class today. I'll say, they're improving. <laughs> And I make it like a big deal, you know, so I like that. that. Yes. Well, so many teachers taught virtually this year and, you know, who knows what next year will bring. So um, how can flight school work virtually? Do you think if so, how does it work? I mean, what could a teacher that's, you know, might have to start the year next year virtually, what could she do or he do? That's a great question. Um, If I had to teach virtually, what I would do is probably put, a flight school um, sign behind me on the wall. And if I notice some kids are not following directions quickly, I would just put an X on the back and just say, you know, kind of just real, not really look at the screen, but just say, I have some friends that are not following directions quickly and maybe have them stay after class for 15 seconds. Just practice that rule, not doing in front of the class, but just having them do it with me after class. Sounds good. I like how you said, my friends. Can you talk a little bit about that when you say my friends are not following directions quickly or whatever? Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, instead of just singling out and saying, oh, Connor and Zeke are not following directions, I say my friends. So we're not all looking at those specific students. Because like I said, when you put that X in that box, they don't know who is in flight school. And they'll ask me throughout the day, who's in flight school. I said, I don't know. It could be you could be your friend. I don't know. Maybe. And something I forgot to mention was when I noticed that those kids that are in the flight school are following directions quickly, I'll put an arrow above their X. And that means that they are out of flight school now. So that's another way you can manage it. So they don't have to keep asking you, are we in flight school? When they see that arrow coming out of the box, they know that we're not in flight school anymore. I think I just erased the X. Yes, I've done that before too. I've done it if they've improved in that. Yes. Okay, so either one of those would work. Definitely. However you want to do it in your classroom. You know, and I think about those beloved rascals and some, like if you pointed out, Zeke, you know, meet me at recess or whatever. If you pointed them out, some of those kids are going to love that extra attention, even if it's negative. And then some kids you're going to completely embarrass. So (laughs) I like that whole concept of saying some friends over here weren't following directions quickly um, rather than singling that those one or two students out. 
because yeah, you never know how that's going to affect them. Um, as I was researching for this podcast, one thing that I noticed is that in Coach's book Fast Track, that it provides like a daily sample on page eighty-four. Why I, I mean, I have so many things highlighted in that book, and <laughs> <laughs> I refer to it quite often. And why I never noticed that, I have no idea. But he had put flight school built into the daily schedule at the second recess. Um, how can do, can you tell us what coach's purpose was in doing that? I mean, is it is is flight school supposed to be something? Let's say we come back from Christmas break. Is that something we now need to make sure that that is part of? our daily schedule? Uh, well, what I think is the reason why he did that is because he wants flight school to be one of those last resorts, like one of the last things you need to do. And also for like, I know a lot of schools have two recesses. I do. Yes. Um, first recess, you know, that's a recess they always get. The second recess is kind of like a reward. I mean, not every school gets second recess. So I think that's why he put it for second recess because we don't have to go to second recess. That's not something that's built in, you know, I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's like kind of like an extra thing. I think that's why he put it for second recess because kids really want to go to that one. So at the end of the day, I know at my school it is, it's a special time. Mm -hmm. They get to see all their friends from other classes. So having them understand that flight school would be during second recess kind of helps them, you know, follow the rules better. Well, especially during that afternoon time when, and coach talks about this so much that the afternoon is when we have to, you know, add in more friendricity because, because right. attention takes a nosedive. We're tired as teachers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can see that being really beneficial um, to add that into your afternoon kind of schedule there. So Definitely. thanks, thanks Definitely. for clarifying that. Of course. We would love to close out today's podcast with a personal story of how you use flight school in your classrooms over the years. Do you mind sharing one of your classroom experiences with us? Yes. So like I said, the one I had before the, the little boy was like, thank you so much for, you know, and even his mom mentioned that, you know, at his old school, he missed recess all the time. And I told her about flight school and she was so impressed with flight school. Um, yes. It's just, even my kid, even my sweeties, sometimes they get in flight school, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, I mean, kids are kids, right. kids are kids. Right. Um, but it definitely, oh, I have, do have one story. So I had a student teacher this year oh, and no. my kids were just kind of being a little crazy. And I did the flight school thing and my kids have never seen it before. Never. And I said, okay, friends, I have some friends over here that are not following directions quickly. I'm going to put an X in the box for each student that's not following directions quickly. And I kind of explained to them what was going on. She was in awe how well they just perked up and started following directions quickly. (laughs) I mean, it was instantly. It's like an instant way to get your kids engaged. And once they start doing it, like I said, following directions quickly, whatever rule that you're working on, you can erase those X's mm-hmm. and it's not scolding. We're just improving. That's all we're doing. That's the main thing. I have to remember that for next year. I mean, I've always said, you know, we don't scold, right. but to look at it as an improvement. Like yes. we're just practicing so we can improve. Improve. And, you know, you saying that today has helped me make that connection. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I 
knew it, but even, even verbalizing that to our students, I think is really important, you know, that honey, honey, we're just practicing. We're just practicing. Right. Cause I right. don't, you're you know, trouble. Right. Yeah. Right. right. You're not in trouble. I'm not going to call your mom. I'm not going to call right. your dad. This is just something to help you be a better team player in our room, in our classroom. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I'm going to make that. And I like how you mentioned that parents appreciated it too, because yes. you know, a lot of times we don't always hear the feedback with whole brain teaching on the parent side. And mm-hmm. it, to me, anytime that we can get that appreciation from a parent using whole brain teaching, I think is a bonus too. Definitely. Definitely. I've never had anyone say that they did not like whole brain teaching in my classroom. They've all been so, um, on board with it and very, mm-hmm. um, you know, just excited when they find mm-hmm. out that their kid's going to have whole brain teaching in their classroom. Cause I, you know, send a home a letter and you sure. know, this is what we do in our classroom and right. yeah, it's amazing. Now, when you say you send home a letter, because I do the same thing too, do you, do you let parents know these are some of the strategies that I use in my classroom. If we have, you know, issues with behavior or is that something that just kind of comes as you see that it's needed during the year. It kind of comes as I see as needed in the year. I just kind of go over like what whole brain teaching is, the benefits of it, um, what we're doing, how we're really active and engaged. But if I have to, uh, if I have to call a parent, you know, I might mention that this is the strategy we're using, you know, so they're on board too. And then they can ask their child about it when they get home. You know, I heard you had to practice the rule today. What rule was it? You know, and then they can work on it at home too, if they need to. Sure. So that's there's is there some place that teachers can find this letter that you send home? I think I found, well, I don't think I wrote one myself. But I think I found on a whole, on our whole brain teaching official store on teachers pay teachers. I think it's just a parent letter. Um, I might have made one. It's been so long. <laughs> I don't know if it's mine or not, <laughs> um, but it's on teachers pay teachers on our official store. It's free. Um, there's a, there's a Rhonda made another letter, I believe. Did you make one too? And did the parent letter. I revised it because it didn't have yes. our updated rules on it. So. Yes. so Rhonda made one. Yes. And I have an Alpha Hawk one on there as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. I think, I think that's important. That's one thing that I love doing at the beginning of every year. Yes. Just so parents understand what whole brain teaching is all about. So this has been a great uh, way to open our series on beloved rascals. Our goal is always to help teachers because we know, as you have said many times that scolding does not work. And we are so thankful that you were able to come and shed some light on this beginning topic for us, get us started in this Beloved Rascal series. If people want more information on Flight School, where can they find it? Or how can they get in touch with you if they have any questions? If definitely go to our website. There are so many things on our website that you can research um, our books, um, Definitely, you can contact me at Stephanie Meter at wholebrainteaching.com. And like I said, just follow us on Instagram, our Facebook pages, ask questions on Facebook. Oh my goodness, we have such a huge community on all of our Facebook pages where teachers need help and we're just helping each other. We are thankful for your willingness to always be available to come on our podcast, Stephanie. Um, we are also incredibly thankful for, to all of you for listening and sharing this podcast. Our numbers keep growing and we are so excited about that. The beauty of this podcast is that you can go back and listen to them anytime you are needing an all-important refresher. So thank you for joining us today. Um, But before we leave, Laura, Stephanie, can you tell them about what's coming up this summer with Whole Brain Teaching? 
Oh, go, Stephanie. Oh, goodness. <laughs> the International Whole Brain Teaching Conference. Yes. What are the specific dates for that? Uh, July 19th to the 21st, and registration opens up July 1st. Okay. And what about June? Anything going on in June? I think there's some, some Zooms going on in June. I don't know exactly the dates, but I do know that we'll be hosting some one-hour uh, Zoom conferences on a ver variety of whole brain teaching topics. And they can get that information on the website. Is that correct? Yes, okay. yes. definitely check the website often because you never know when it's going to be on there. <laughs> and All right. So the you heard information it from will come. Oh, go ahead, Rhonda. What were you saying? I just said you heard it from Stephanie to check that website if you want some trainings. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. And probably the the Facebook pages and Instagram yes. like too. I bet they'll be all over that. So definitely, it'll be blasted everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's been another great podcast. We're so glad that you could join us, Stephanie. It's always good. To, no, our listeners can't see your beautiful smile, but we're oh, grateful that thank you. you get to see your beautiful smile. And um, anyway, well, I'm sure we'll have you back on to, to I share will your, definitely be back. Thank share you. your wisdom with us. So thank you all for listening thank today. Thank you. Bye-bye.